Before we start, I want to let you know we appreciate there are languages and cultures that are a lot older than English, like those of our First Nations people. This show was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Bad English with your host, Ivan Aristegueta. Hola, my name is Ivan Aristegueta. I am from Venezuela. I live in Australia. And when I'm not making podcasts, I am a stand-up comedian. Welcome to Bad English a comedy podcast that pokes fun at the dominance and infuriatingly stupid rules that govern the English language. Now, let me assure you from the very start that this series is certainly going to be a takedown of English and its many absurdities. We're punching up because English is extremely popular. But we're here to convince you not so much to give up on the English language altogether, but to give in to it. Each week, we'll dive deep into an English problem or two with a language expert. If you have many adjectives, 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 yes, that you want to describe something like the slim green bottle, it sounds better than the green slim bottle. But why slim goes before green? In a little bit, we'll be joined by Eileen, our in-house English expert. I often find myself saying to students, however, there are exceptions. And then that just confuses everybody because yes, <laughs> there yes. are exceptions to everyone. And I think that's what makes English so bad to learn. As with all good support groups, we're going to share our pain with others who've come through the torture of learning English. And meet some people who've actually become amazingly successful at using it to get to the top of the game. Like our first guest, a very good friend of mine. And he's just that slightly bit crazy, you know. Good crazy. Having chosen to learn English by doing stand-up comedy in a language he didn't really have a clue about. And we're also going to help him with the finer points of pronouncing one of Australia's most difficult place names. You'd place your tongue on the top. Yes. Behind the top of your teeth. Teeth. Yeah. Ooh. And you go, ooh, loo. Loo. And then for roo, for r, you'd pull your tongue back and curl it. Aha! But first, I need to tell you a bit about my own story and also get some stuff off my chest. When I applied for my visa to come to Australia, I had to take an English proficiency test. I studied a lot of English to come to Australia. I passed my test and arrived to my new English speaking home. Adios, Espanol. Welcome, English. When you move to an English-speaking country, you realize that your English teachers only taught you 20% of what you needed to know. 20% is the teachable part, the part that makes sense. The other 80% is the part that doesn't make any sense, the part that cannot be taught. All languages have rules and few exceptions to some of those rules. Well, in English, every rule has an innumerable amount of exceptions to the point where you ask yourself, why bother making rules in this language when you know these rules will be used later as baby butt wipes? They're useless. English is not a language. It's more like an interpretive dance of what a language should be. 
If you say something in English and it doesn't make any sense to you, you're probably saying it the right way. For example, a simple phrase in perfect English like I was on an airplane and landed in Melbourne makes my logical brain drop dead and roll in my cranial coughing. I just can't stand it. It doesn't make any sense. This phrase defies laws of physics. If you're on an airplane, you'll need a parachute and a harness holding you tight to the fuselage of the airplane. And if you land in Melbourne, that's a horrible tragedy. It makes more sense for me to say I was in an airplane and landed on Melbourne. In an airplane because I went through a door to go into the cabin of the aircraft and landed on Melbourne because Melbourne is underneath the airplane. It's always there, underneath. When you're learning English, you're on your own. Nobody can help you, not teachers and not even native speakers. Native speakers are as lost with this ever-changing, bastardized language as non-natives. Don't try to ask a native speaker a spelling question. You'll scare them and they'll run away. I had an Australian girlfriend once. I asked her how to spell the word rhythm and she was pensive for a while and then she said, mm, I'm breaking up with you. I don't need this much stress in my life. I also found out that native English speakers don't get to study grammar in school. That sounds ridiculous, but it makes perfect sense to me. Teachers' time is finite. They have to teach other subjects like math, biology, art, history, chemistry. If they focus on teaching English grammar to kids, a native speaker will graduate from high school at age 53. <sighs> I feel better. All right, to kick us off, I'm speaking to my mate, my good friend, Wakasugi Takashi, also known as Waka. He's a comedian who came to Australia from Japan a few years ago and terrifyingly performs his stand-up in a language that he's only just recently started to feel comfortable in. Yolo, you only live once? Many Aussie people say that and do something crazy. I cannot do that because I'm a Buddhist. I do reincarnation. My life is not once. Again, 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 again. I have to say yala instead. You always live again. Waka. Thank you so much, Ivan. Ohayou gozaimasu, Ohayou gozaimasu. So happy to be here. I know, I know you speak Japanese. Yep. When do you start studying English? Oh, so in Japan, people study English in the junior high, like a 12 years old. Yeah. It's quite a young age, but Japanese education is not the perfect. Yep. You know, it's like always writing, reading, grammar. Writing, reading, grammar in so, English. Yeah. So people can write, people can read. Yes. But it's very difficult to speak. And besides learning at school, did you learn in another institution? No, and also in uni, I realized, oh, I need real English. So yeah. I study English, more proper English, like speaking, listening English, hang out with exchange students from America, and also exchange program in Australia. Okay. So and, I kind of, yeah. And then you came here? Yeah. And you started uh, doing stand-up here in Australia? Yes, in English. Wow, wow. What do you think from one to ten? What was your level of English being ten extremely fluent? <laughs> what was your level of English when you started doing stand up from one to ten? Oh, when I started comedy, yeah. I think that was 
maybe three. <laughs> Damn, this is great. Three, yeah, I think so. My mom still thinks English stand-up comedy is like a English lesson. Okay. <laughs> so the more I perform, the more I improve my English. Yes. And after I can get better job with that English <laughs> skills. Can you imagine? I do whole festival, like Melbourne Comedy Festival, one month I performing by myself. But still, if I talk to my mom on the phone, my mom always asks me a question. How's your English? How's your English going? Like, mom, I just performed one hour solo show. Yes, in one English. Um, tell me what's your nemesis in English. What's the thing that you hate the most when you speak English? The first, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a bit angry. Angry to the English. Yeah, okay. You know, it's, it's very difficult. Because in Japanese language, we have many characters. Yes. You know? Yeah, you, got, you a, got the three, three alphabets. You yeah, and the, the hiragana, katakana, and the kanji, Chinese characters. There's so many options. Yeah. And you can use that to talk to, to write, to express. Yeah. But the English has only, only 26 <laughs> alphabets. 26 characters in one alphabet. Yeah. 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 And can you imagine this? If you go to the mountains and you have a paper yeah. and a brush and draw the scenery, paint the scenery. Yes. Right? You need more colors to wow. paint. Wow. You see? You need you, more inks. This is right? beautiful. You need more, more, more tones. Yeah. More expression, more options. But you cannot paint beautiful picture <laughs> only by 26 characters. That's, that's like editing a photo with a very old phone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and editing a photo with Photoshop, the, the latest version of your computer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so, so tough. That's why in English, everything's so similar. It's so hard to remember, you know, similar words, sound. The similar word and a similar sound. You know, you're saying already that, that English has only 26 characters yeah. in the alphabet. Yeah. But English has the most... Mm. It's like 600,000 words. Yes. And compared to, to French, French has like 200,000 mm. or, or even less than that. But the tricky thing about English, being having all that many words, you probably think, well, all the words are different. Mm. But no, for me, the biggest thing, my nemesis in English is a thing called heteronyms, which is a word that has the same spelling, yep. but the different pronunciation with different definitions. Mm. Like like a live concert and leave. Yes, I, I, it's so confusing. It's so hard. So confusing. So confusing. What like like why do you have if you have these many words? Why do you don't you don't create a different word? Yes, with a different spelling, a different pronunciation. Yeah, I told you in Japanese there's one phrase: niwa 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 tori ga iru. Yeah, <laughs> can I say niwa 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 tori ga iru? Niwa 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 tori ga iru. It sounds like same sounds, but Japanese has as many characters. So if you write down, it's very easy to understand. The means in the garden, there are two chickens. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this Japanese character has more options to more options. express the words and characters. So each character is different. Yeah, and Niwa has different characters. It's a few characters, you know. Niwa means garden. Niwa is at. Niwa, Tori is the chickens. Niwa means two, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're, they all look different on the paper. Yes. Oh, nice. Nice. That's, but sound that's... same, but if you 
look at characters. Well, that also sounds very confusing, man. But we're talking, <laughs> about, but we're talking about English. We're talking about English because this is the language that yeah. the language of of politics, of of world finance. Yes, the language of even TED talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we like, but we hate. Yeah. And it's it's like politics, you know. It's it's a it's a necessary evil. Yes, it's a necessary evil. So, what was your first big mistake? Uh, I think the I think the pronunciation. Yeah, pronounce is very different because Japanese language and English language is so different. Yeah, and the English language has so many other pronunciation that yeah. Japanese language we don't have. For for example, like R and L. Oh, yeah, yeah. R and L. I think the R is much easier for me. Okay. So if I have some word L, I have to. The L is hard. I think so. Yeah. Melbourne is a very tough word for me. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> we have a both, you know. Yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne. It's a very hard word for me as well because in Spanish we we pronounce every letter of the mm. word. So for for me, Melbourne would have been Melbourne, Melbourne. Oh, that's more makes sense actually. And 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 yeah, and yeah, makes a lot of sense. Spanish with the spelling is very easy, and the R we we would pronounce the the R. So I was trying to to say Melbourne in a in a in an English sounding, mm. and, and I used to sound. Melbourne, like more American, mm. and then I learned that in Australia you say, imagine you're reading the word M E L B I N, and that's how you say Melbourne. 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 It's a beautiful city, but hard to pronounce. One word that drives me nuts in mm. Australia, it's M A Y O R. We're like this is the Lord Mayor, mm. but in Australia they say May. Okay, <laughs> this is the Lord May. Sounds like <laughs> like like a lamb May, like a sheep May. Just M E E E E E E E H Mayor. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah, man, English is driving us crazy. Yeah, but guess what? We have an expert here. We have an ESL, an English as a second language teacher, who is going to tell us how to accept these Please. problems and embrace them, so we can speak better English with those difficult annoyances, annoyances, nuances. This a new nuisance, nuances, nuances, nuances. <laughs> that one. That was uh, our producer Carla. Fixing that. <laughs> <laughs> the nuances. Nuances. Let's welcome our English expert, Eileen Bagan. Thank you so much for having me here, Sensei. Oh. <laughs> Eileen <laughs> Sensei. Eileen Sensei. We need it. We need her. You know. In, in Spanish, I will call you Profe, which is short ah. for Profesora. So, Eileen, thank you so much for being here. This is our revenge. <laughs> okay. Yes. For English uh, being so annoying, how do you start teaching this problematic language? Well, the truth is, it's annoying for teachers as well because we <laughs> have to learn grammar all over again. Yes. Um, you know, as a native speaker, we don't actually learn grammar specifically at school when we go through the school system. Yep. So I actually learned more about grammar when I became an English teacher. Wow. And mm. honestly, as I go through my lessons week to week, even now, and I've taught English for a good 25 years, <laughs> I still study English grammar wow. so that I can mm -hmm. teach it. Because there are a lot of rules that I don't know about and that I learn about on a daily basis. So on one hand, I know more English grammar than the 
average person who doesn't focus on it. But yeah. on the other hand, I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> wow. So this is a professional English master that is saying that, yep, it's very confusing. I've been studying <laughs> it hardly for 25 years, <laughs> plus being a native speaker. Yeah. And one sentence I often find myself saying to students is, okay, this is the grammar for this particular sentence or the use of this particular type of category of words. However, there are exceptions. And then that just confuses everybody because yeah, <laughs> there yeah. are exceptions to everyone. And I think that's what makes English so bad to learn. Yes. yes. Spanish is my native language and there are exceptions in Spanish, but there's just a handful. <laughs> in English, every exception is just, you can write a books on specific ex exceptions. Yes. Like, like the, the, the I and E, what was the, always I before E? Except after C. Ex and that's not in true. In the spelling, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that isn't true because there are about 40 words and there are 900 exceptions. So 900. It's, 900. it's oh crazy. <laughs> Do you have like your gold standard rule when teaching English? What is like someone who is starting to, to learn English or, is, or has a very basic level and wants to improve? What is the main thing that you teach? Yeah, I think if you want to improve, so a lot of people learn English, you know, for example, through using it. So, you know, when you travel to different countries, you might find locals who speak English um, when they're trying to sell you things on the street. But if you ask them to write an essay, they wouldn't be able to, for example. So they might have learned through communication only. However, you, if you want to improve your English, I think you really need to spend time on all the four skills. So reading, writing, speaking, listening. Yeah. Of course, if you want more practice in communication, that's fine, but you might make grammatical errors that you don't realize are errors until you read a book and you realize, oh, that's that's not what I've been saying. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So reading will help you with your vocabulary. It'll help you with your grammar. It'll help you understand how words are placed in a sentence, the order of words. Okay, you, you mentioned grammar. Grammar is very important. Let's talk fundamentals. Okay. Let's start with, uh, I don't know, Ad adject adjectives? Is that yeah, nice? adjectives. Ad ad adjectives. Adjectives. So let's look at what <laughs> yes. an adjective is. Okay. So an adjective <laughs> is basically a word that describes a noun, and a noun can be something or someone. So an adjective tells you what it looks like, how it feels, what it smells like. It describes the noun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are basically two places that you put an adjective. So an adjective would be come directly before the noun you're trying to describe. For example, um, a fresh apple. Oh, fresh apple or mm. confusing English. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> And another place that adjectives come are after the verb to be. So this apple is sweet. So is is a verb to be. Yep. Mm. Or after a verb that is one of the senses, like it seems, it looks, it feels, it tastes. So okay. this apple tastes delicious. Okay. Delicious. So delicious is the adjective. Okay. Mm, you give it a go. All right. Um, Waka looks confused. This rule makes me mad. Yes. Eng English is oh, annoying. Very. So... <laughs> The Vegemite is fresh, <laughs> and mm. that fresh Vegemite tastes sweet. <laughs> and that have you tasted Vegemite? <laughs> that fresh and sweet Vegemite tastes like a 
Red Apple? <laughs> yes, <laughs> grammatically all correct. Yes. But in reality, I don't know. <laughs> is there um, is like a rule for if you, if you have many adjectives? Adjectives? Adjectives. Yes. That you want to describe something like the slim green bottle. Yes. I'm saying this out of, I'm just winging that it's, it sounds better than the green slim bottle. Ah, yes. But why so, why slim goes before green? Yeah. So we call those stacking adjectives, meaning we have two or three adjectives before the noun, but you don't want to stack too many because if you stack too many adjectives, you kind of forget what you're talking about. You know, you lose sight of. So we would say maybe two or three adjectives before a noun. So we generally have a rule where we stack adjectives in order of opinion, size, age, shape, Color, origin, material, and purpose. But that's impossible to remember, even wow. for me. Like, I have to look that up. I hate English so much now. <laughs> me <And> too. More. <laughs> me One too. One more. But, you know, we don't expect English learners to know that order. So the example of silly old fool and not old silly fool, yeah. we just learn that from listening to people say it or people use it in speech and... If I were to stop someone on the street and say, oh, in what order do you stack adjectives? They wouldn't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like one of those grammatical rules that nobody really knows until they look it up. Out of curiosity, do you speak any other languages other than English? I speak some Japanese because oh. I spent a lot of time there. If you already have the experience with Japanese and you're going to teach someone who is Japanese like Waka mm-hmm. yes, how to speak English, can you make connections from Japanese to English? Yes. Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time in Japan, so I kind of know some of the mistakes or the common errors yep. that Japanese people make. So in that sense, I can target, you know, Waka in a certain way. <laughs> so I know his pronunciation, yeah. like I think. L and R, R and L, yeah. And V and B. Yes. Yeah, things like that. So, you know, that those pronunciation Japanese language we don't have difficulties that yes. yeah, Japanese yeah. have other people from different countries might not have. So yeah. I can work Did with that. Do you have any tricks for for Waka on, on, on for how pronunciation? To, like for example, if, if how to say Uluru. <laughs> can you say <laughs> that was a good try. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I think the the uh, way we do pronunciation yeah. is we teach you where to place your tongue. Yes. Yeah. So the L, you'd place your tongue on the top. Yes. Behind the top of your teeth. Teeth. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you go ooh, loo. Loo. Uh-huh. And then for ru, for R, you'd pull your tongue back and curl it. Uluru. Aha. Uluru. Uluru. Oh, yes. that's good. <laughs> Uluru. And often when Japanese people speak, they don't open their mouths very wide. I think it's sort of part of the language. They're quite polite. They don't, you know, whereas when yeah. we speak in English, we open our mouths so and show move you our, mouth. our tongues around. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we, we move our hands <laughs> and we get really involved. Well, I do anyway. And um, I always say that to Japanese speakers. Yes. Open your mouth wide. Don't worry about, you know, yes. expressing yourself through your hands. And that's quite different culturally. So sometimes I think culture plays a lot yeah, in we don't have the that. language. We don't have that problem in Venezuela. We're very, very loud and uh, very expressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you see videos of my sandal, it's just me going, <laughs> Yeah. And I think, for example, like you were asking about learning another language, when I speak Japanese, my hands drop and I hold them together in front of me. 
you know, when I say yes, I bow my head. Yep. And it's just part of learning mm. the language and because you have to learn the culture at the same time. We live in a world that is very verbal now. Mm. We live in a world where it's SMS, Twitter, comments on Instagram, comments on, on, on TikTok, comments on Facebook. Everything is written and we can read a complete different thing of what the person meant to write. I totally mm. agree. And I think maybe that's <laughs> why emojis took off because with the emoji, you're trying to express, you know, the sentiment behind a sentence. Or, but even that sometimes can also be miscommunicated, yeah. I guess. Are emojis a Japanese Yes, it's creation? from Japan, yeah. So, yeah, you needed more expressions than You don't emotions. have to talk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we innovated. it. <laughs> so there's so many things about the English language, so many problems we got pronunciation we got the stacking the adjectives <laughs> yeah i said it right you did that well yeah <laughs> to wrap it up what is the one thing your your suggestion when you're in learning english mm, my suggestion would be don't worry so much about the rules and making mistakes just use it just to put it out there yes, don't be shy just go for it <laughs> go for it don't yes, be shy we're, we're all happy to you know help you along and to listen and to try and understand you. Yeah, I'm going to open sense. my mouth more. Yes, open your mouth more. <laughs> Thank you so much to Takashi Waka Wakasugi. The man has a website you should follow. And of course, to our hard-working English expert, Eileen Bogan. Thanks for listening to Bad English. Don't forget to tell your friends, subscribe, follow us. Bad English is a production of Ear Candy Media for SBS Audio. Our producer is Bez Zode. Sound design and edit Tiffany Dimmock. Executive producer Ian Walker. The podcast's manager at SBS Audio is Caroline Gates. Thanks to Joel Supple and the SBS Audio team. I'm Ivan Aristeguieta. Adios. Till next time.